It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a magic marker. A, a felt pen. It's a mistake. It's a trap. It's a fucking comedy. It's quiet. Maybe too quiet. It's all happening. It's a good day to die. It's a good day to talk about movies. Welcome back, everyone. It's a good day to talk about nostalgia memories of tomorrow. I'm your host, Nyatapa. As always, joining us on these Monday episodes is Duncan. What's up, Duncan? How's it going? I'm doing great. Doing even better now that we're joined by our very own Hans Zimmer, Dale Harris. What's up, Dale? Hey, I'm doing good, man. Uh, nice to be here. Don't, I'm, I'm no Hans Zimmer, though, so I appreciate the, the gas, but it's... I don't need all that. He called me Duncan Spielberg last week, and I was like, yo, you need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> right? Like, it's like, I appreciate it, and it's really fun, but it's also like, fuck, man. Now it feels like heresy. <laughs> right? Yeah. They, Spielberg and Zimmer both had to start somewhere, right? So we're here today to talk about Duncan's short film, Nostalgia Memories of Tomorrow, that he's working on in really close collaboration with past guests on the show and host of the Sunday movie series episodes, Kari. I'll be your host on these weekly episodes, giving Duncan a chance to be on the other side of the pod. This is the fourth episode in this mini series. We're going to keep going through Duncan's short film, Nostalgia Memories of Tomorrow, and discuss the progress being made, as well as in- interacting with various members of the crew and figuring out how the whole process fits together based on the different creative inputs. Once the short film is done, we're going to find another topic. But for now, we're just going to stick with exploring nostalgia memories of tomorrow. Does that sound good to y'all? Hell yeah, at least for this week. I don't know if the listeners are done with us yet, but hopefully they're still interested in this. I mean, I've been having a lot of fun. I hope the listeners have been too. I've only been here for a little bit, but I've enjoyed being here and I, and I enjoy listening as well. So That's good. Hell yeah. I'm excited to hear some of your insight, Dale. But before we do that, Let's give the listeners a quick rundown of what we do here on GDT Podcast. We have now four episodes releasing every week. That's right, folks. We have this episode every Monday where we're currently talking about nostalgia, memories of tomorrow. Then we have our newest bonus series called The Marvel Podcasting Universe, where we're going to discuss all of the newest MCU films and TV shows and other superhero stuff, such as DC and, let's say, Invincible and The Boys on Amazon, things like that. All of those, anything new, will be discussed on those Tuesday episodes. But if there's nothing new coming out, we'll be going back through the MCU and checking out all the old films. We're starting with Iron Man, which is releasing tomorrow so if you want to get started and travel through the mcu with us start there tomorrow with that episode those episodes are hosted by myself mac jalen and cb so get excited for all those they've already been on the pod for both moon knight and doctor strange in the multiverse of madness so check those out if you missed them On top of those two episodes, we also have our weekly bonus episode where we talk about a new TV show, a new movie, or something relevant. Then, on Fridays, we have our full episodes, what we came here for GDT to give to you, independent filmmaking news. That's right, on those episodes, Gardner and I 
host someone from the filmmaking process, usually an independent filmmaker, to talk about their work, get some insight, and hopefully share some knowledge with our audience. We have all four of those episodes releasing every week. And then on top of that, we have a fifth monthly episode releasing on the first Sunday of every month where myself, John, Kari, and Stevie P host a Sunday Movie Squad episode where we talk about a movie with an original screenplay and we're actually talking about maybe making them all foreign films. This week, our bonus episode is going to be a discussion of Mystery Men, where we also have a guest, so get excited for that. On top of that, our Friday full episode is an interview with Steve Chorney, the artist who does a bunch, I'm talking a bunch, of movie posters. Like, if you've seen movies, you've seen his work. And he does a bunch of artwork outside of that, but just a little tease, if you've seen the new Nicolas Cage movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, or if you're familiar with a little flick called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, then you know they both have great movie posters. And you've seen Steve Chorney's work. So stay tuned for that episode releasing on Friday at the end of this week. And those are all the episodes for this week. I'm excited to share them with you, but for now, let's get into talking to Dale, right? Yeah, so Dale, you know, you and I have known each other for ages. I know you've always been interested in music, but tell the listeners, tell everybody a little bit about music, your background, the band you're involved with. Tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started with the movie. Um, yes, yeah, so I've played guitar since I was like 12 years old. I'm now 24, so like half my life. I've didn't start playing like gigging until sophomore year of college actually i mean i did like little things here and there at, like playing at like birds like family birthday parties and stuff like that like just playing and like singing for people but it wasn't like gigging and like my mom had a daycare so i'll do like graduations and stuff for her like small stuff that's what i'm trying to emphasize is like not really gigging at all but then in college my buddy thomas thomas palms so it was really cool um check him out if he's he's on spotify and he gave me my first shot um my first gig and i started playing at app playing like basically tailgates and parties and stuff like that and then eventually that band who was also there was a bunch of people that i knew from high school like chris handy um scott perry johnny handy those guys we've played together and jammed together for ages and um now uh we play the we're the groove skeletons so uh check us out on spotify the songs that we have right now, the Shenanigans EP, Scott Perry wrote that one, and it's good stuff. Check it out. And then so I'm playing with the Groove Skeletons, and then I'm also playing with a guy named Will Easter. I'm starting a new thing with him, or starting to play with him. That's a new thing for me. Uh, he's a country folk artist, uh, kind of like the Avid Brothers mixed with like, I don't know, it's classic country music, but his voice is, is folky, man. He's, he's good. He's cool. He's got really good words. And so that's where I'm at right now. And I'm so sorry. I can't remember. What was the rest of the question? No, nah, man, I think you did everything. I was just asking about your like musical background just to let the listeners know. But as it pertains to the movie, like you've done Duncan for a hell of a long time as well. Like, how did you get connected for the actual movie? So for the movie, Dunks and I have talked about like writing stuff together, like musically and coming up with just ideas for all sorts of shit since back in school, um, since back in college, whenever um, 
we were both going up Chapel Hill and it was all sorts of stuff, man. We tried writing a couple songs. We came up with a couple different like movie and show ideas. And so along the way, um, we kind of kept doing our thing. He kept making movie ideas and I kept making song ideas, but we didn't really get a chance to work together until one day I sent him a Snapchat of just something I was jamming on at work that um, I was sort of stuck with. I didn't really know where I was going to go with it. I didn't know if it like needed words. I didn't know if, um, if I really wanted to bring it into like a full band context or what the whole idea was for the song. And um, whenever I sent it to him, he was like, dude, I love that. You've got to let me like use that on my next, on the short film that I'm working on. And I was totally down for that. And I was like, that, that gives it a purpose. So then I don't know. I sort of developed it from that based on what he sent me, which was sort of like a, it was a, it was a lot of the scenes from the first day. Um, It wasn't the completed first day yet, but I saw sort of like how the song fit with the day and why he like sort of chose the song for the day. So I tried to structure it in a way to where it built sort of with the day as it was going on. Um, And then at the end when he's got the, um, he goes to tap on the, on the steering wheel. He's like tapping along the song that's in the radio, which at this point is the, it's the soundtrack playing. Like he's hearing that assumedly, maybe not, but like it's, I don't know. That's what art does, man. It's a question. But I thought if you line it up, then it helps make it a question. Cause like then all of a sudden he could be tapping along his hands to the song that's playing over the movie, not just the song that's on the radio. I don't know. I thought it, I thought it sort of lined up a little bit. One of those little doesn't really have to have a purpose. I just think it's kind of cool. I just want to jump in real quick and say that when Dale wanted to take it a step further and not just make it this piece that I was already in love with, from when he sent it to me but when he was telling me that he was matching it up with oh i wanted to start when the eyes open i wanted to work with the taps on the thing i was like fuck yes dude and i'm sure we're, we're gonna get into the process of now that we have more of the script shot and we have almost the full first day you know what that'll look like from here but i just want to say that i was like blown away with dale's kind of taking the bull by the horns and I wasn't even necessarily expecting him to go that far. I wanted him to make that music for me for sure. And I wanted to use it. But then when he was like, send me it so I can match it up with that. I was like, what are you doing here, bro? You're going a little too crazy for this. This is, you're taking it to the next level. You asked for a soundtrack. I'm gonna, I, I want it to be a soundtrack. I want it to fit. I don't want it to be just like a, hey, I like that song. Can we just have it sort of on a loop in the background? I want it to be like, all right, so I had this idea, but this idea needed a place to go and you gave it a place to go. So now there's like, you breathe the new life into the song. Otherwise, like it would, it could have been one of those ones that like I sort of left in the shed as one of those like to be completed later, like to be determined. But because you saw something in it, you gave it a life that like I wouldn't have been able to give it otherwise. So for that, I really appreciate the opportunity, man. This is the first time I've ever worked on anything that's not just making a song for people to dance to or like to to let out some emotion that I feel that I need to have some catharsis over. This is a new ground for me, and it's been a joy like trying to figure it out along the way. I appreciate it, dude. Yeah. It sounds like y'all are really in sync with the creative process for sure. And, and, and that's really good to see because, I mean, it's a silent movie, right? I mean, just to clarify, Dale, like, it, there's no vocals to the music, 
right? It's just completely. I mean, I know you play guitar, but like, do you have any other band members involved, or is it just uh, just guitar? So initially, whenever Donks asked for a soundtrack, I was thinking I was going to get my buddy Connor to work on it with me because I thought that having piano doing the um, so musical jargon here, it's it's our it's an arpeggio. It's basically just a split up chord um, with a pedal note, which is like a repeated phrase or a repeated note that like rings throughout. It's I thought that would sound better on piano, um, would sound more fitting for a movie. But then once I actually got the, the first day with with certain scenes still to be um, added, but like to something that the first day to work with, I was like, OK, no, I think I, I, I see what this is. I, I can kind of feel what this is supposed to be. This makes sense. This doesn't really need a full band. This is not that kind of for lack of a better term. It's not that vibe. It's not. Um, it's not like baby driver where in baby driver, like you need, you need specific songs that have like that specific upbeat, like driving, like, and you got to change songs all the time. This is a specific, more of like an ambient, more like a soundscape that sort of tries to fit with the, the vibe of the, of the film, as opposed to being like, Oh, I think this scene would look cool if you have this specific eighties or seventies rock song that like goes with it. Cause it like, it's not that kind of it's, it's it's not that kind of movie <laughs> to quote Han Solo. No, I, I hear you, man. I, it, and I, like I said, I mean, y'all are synced up as hell, so I'm sure it's gonna end up being really good. But like, how how have y'all been like working with drafts? How many drafts has y'all put together so far? And like, how I know it's not completely finished because I know the filming isn't finished, and I know you're kind of lining up your, you know, your composition with the with what's actually being filmed so like how far do you think you are away from the final version and like how how many drafts do you put together so far oh uh, so drafts is kind of a hard thing because if you're if there was the initial like the snapchat which i guess could be a draft and then there's the draft that i had on the voice memo um which was not a very good quality which was just something for dunks to be able to have to listen to while he was still working on the first day um then there was the draft that is with the draft of the first day and that one itself there's just there's there's a lot of takes on this laptop that <laughs> we'll never see the light of day because they're <laughs> like because that's the process of creation and i'm sure there's so many takes like i can't speak for the for the actual creation of the film that's the part that i feel like is is a lot i sort of have the easy job i sort of gave the gave the middle ground and then now i wait until the final product and then i come in and i lay lay over top of that um and it's i i don't know i mean in the in the middle ground i guess i'm sort of just watching and sort of thinking if there's any new ideas that do come to mind but i feel like it's what what we got works really well together and at this point it's just getting that final day done which actually is on me now because if i'm not mistaken the final day is it's it's basically done time wise um and that's like as far as the amount of time from start to finish of the first day and that's what's really crucial is knowing how long um the final take of the song needs to be the song soundtrack and then going back in and trying to line it up and see like tempo wise, how do we get it the right time, but also get it in time with this hitting on opening the eyes 
and this hitting on uh, whenever he's doing the taps on the steering wheel at the end. That's just a kind of basic rhythmic uh, thing that it'll just be trial and error once I once I actually sit down and just cook it up, basically. I want to jump in real quick here and say that Dale was mentioning that, you know, he doesn't know exactly like the film process of it. I'll say that this, what he's given us so far has been what everyone has seen. It's what we're using. We're looping it right now because like he said, he recorded it for about, I would say a third of the first day. And then we're looping it three times throughout the day right now because we had we didn't want to have him keep recording it for each shoot day because it didn't make sense we're like let's have him then re-record at the end so we can time it up we didn't want to have him time up everything each time and waste his time because it doesn't make sense for him to time it up until we have the entire first day which is what he was speaking to and that's kind of where we are now we have one two maybe three shots that we need in the first day left and so i'm hesitant to send him it yet because i don't want to get him cooking yet and then have us find out that we're still going to add another one and then he's missing a beat there that he needs to sync it up with right but i love the process that dale's going through where he's like yeah he wants to sync it up like that and everything and what we've been doing is we've been using what he sent us for that first draft on a loop and that's what literally every person that I've sent it to, that's what they've been hearing. And that's what like the movie is now. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like Dale's song. And like, if we had to do something else, I would be devastated. You know what I mean? Like, that's like what, that's the music of the, of the film. Now that's what the, the film is talking to you with. Ah, devastated. I kind of spent a lot of time on this. <laughs> yeah, no, I have no plan. I was, I was saying if you were going to try to pull the rug out from underneath me, I was going to be upset, but no, no, no. I have no plans of, of replacing it. I'll be here. I'll be here. So have you seen like the full script and like, is that what you're writing towards? Are you putting like these abrupt cuts in the music for like when the days run back? I don't know if that's a spoiler or not, but are you writing your song based on the tempo of the days or are you just taking the overarching theme and working with that? So a little of both. The overarching theme is what drives the, the sound of the song. There's like, it's basically a repetitive um, sort of arpeggio, like I was saying before with that pedal note, but it adds a couple little things here and there. And then there's a there's a big shift at the, the beginning and the end. Um, it's really symmetrical, which I think works pretty well with the idea of the whole nostalgia and the whole like the, the repeated days theme. Again, sorry for spoilers, but... I actually, we so Duncan told me from the beginning that it was, that mine was only going to be used on certain days and that then there was going to be another song for when the, when, when the mood started to shift. So I've been focused on making sure that mood that I was in charge with is, is, is being like covered. And I think that what we've got is, is definitely going to work at this point. It's just making sure that the, the timing, as far as the day the song has to sort of run within a certain timing range just because that's kind of how it works. If I slow it down too much, it's going to be a completely different song. If I speed it up too much, it'll be a completely different song, completely different feel. But I have a little wiggle room to work with as far as what sort of feels similar rhythmically that I can then just troubleshoot, just try different stuff, try to do different takes at different rhythms. Um, maybe slightly different start times maybe do like a pickup note or two into it see if that helps like something that um that changes up the 
the rhythm to work with what is going on visually. I have not worked with like, as far as the, the, the other days, I don't, I haven't, I know Nadi's doing it. So I, it's, it's going to be great, dude. That's, I mean, you know, that's family right there. Like it's going to, the, the other days are, I'm just, I'm just focusing on the, it's just the one song that's, that's kind of the soundscape and it's just going to be repeated on um, whatever days it needs to be. It's supposed to be a full day. The song is a day. That creative vision makes sense. And I guess maybe you've like alluded to it in your, in your previous answers, but can you let us know what your sort of creative vision looks like? Like how do you, how do you, how did you write this? Where did the idea come from? Like, were you just sitting there like playing around, like, you know, sitting around on, on the couch with the guitar in your hand and, you know, this sounds good, this doesn't. And y'all end up and like kind of took it from there. Like what, what does the creative vision look like? for writing this particular piece of music so if i'm being completely honest with you i cannot remember it's like conception for lack of a better term i do not know whether it was something that i came up with like sitting on the couch or sitting on the bed playing before i go to sleep or playing at work because i teach guitar so like i have i te- like i work in a, in a music store so i come up with a lot of stuff while i'm on the clock which is actually pretty lucky if you're a musician who's listening to this, I totally recommend doing that. But it's also one of those things where I think, I think the song sort of came into a different light whenever it, whenever Duncan gave me the opportunity to work on the short film, because once I started working on the film, it wasn't just something that I came up with that sounded sort of pretty. It was like, okay, this has, something to go with it this has a purpose this has a reason so i started to develop on it and and build it into more of a song more of a soundtrack than just a little riff that i played on the guitar that like sounded cool so really it would if i didn't have the visuals to go off of whenever i was building the rest of the song then the song wouldn't have gotten to where it was because it would have just remained again, a little riff that I played because it was pretty and it sounds good. Um, And there's a million of those, like anybody can write a a pretty little riff that sounds good, but if it doesn't have a reason, if it doesn't have a feeling behind it, then it's just a riff. And this gave this riff life. It gives it, gives it something to do. (laughs) If that makes any sense. Fuck. Yes, dude. I can't, say how much i love hearing that <laughs> just as another like creative you know yeah, yeah it's it because you can come up with stuff all day like I've, there's a bunch of riffs there's always going to be riffs but then watching the first and keep in mind i haven't seen the rest of the days and i don't even know how the how the movie ends and i've been hesitant to mention it because i kind of don't want to know how it ends i kind of want to watch it when it's done even though I'm a part of the creative process, technically speaking, um, since I've only, I only know what I know, I really want to go into it like as blind as possible um, and actually watch it. But still, because there's still content that I haven't seen. There's still like technically half the movie or so that, that I am completely unaware of. But setting it up, getting that from that, from the moment where he opens his eyes to the moment where he is like in the car, just peacefully jamming that makes sense that the music to it makes sense because of the 
because of the visuals, because the story is being told. It's a lot easier to play along to a story that's being told than to create one from scratch. Should we? We've been teasing it the entire episode. Should we give the audience a little listen right here? Yeah. Keep in mind, this isn't the, the final track, but yes. All right. We'll play a little clip from, I think, if, if you don't mind me giving it the, the you know, I don't want to name it, but I think that we've decided that it's going to be called Nostalgia. Yeah, it's Nostalgia. The title of the track is Nostalgia, right? Okay. So it, here's a, a clip from Nostalgia right here, right now, if you're itching for what's going to happen in this movie. Listen here. So, Dale, be as technical as you want. Like, you are a master of your craft. Let us know, like, for the musicians that may be listening. <laughs> let us let, let us know, like, what kind of setup you're using for those that, that may be interested in the, like, the more technical side of the creation process. Okay. Well, so a, a Fender Telecaster, um, like an American Tele, it's got the standard American pickups in it. Um, it's wired, so it's got a four-way switch. So that I can run the neck and the pick and the bridge pickup together as a passive humbucker. So it sounds kind of closer to a Les Paul, but still has a little bit of spank, like a like a single coil. I don't know. I kind of like it for recording because it has a lot less noise when you run them together. For some, the sixty cycle hum that you get from single coils are hard to deal with at certain points if you don't if you're not a master mixer like. I'm not a son- a sound engineer. I'm not a sonic engineer. I'm a guitarist. So I did all I did the mixing myself. And what that pertained is literally just dithering and um I think compression. And I think maybe I put a limiter on there. I can't even remember. I think the compressor might have been it. And it just it makes it sound a little bit less tinny for lack of a better term these are all like words that anybody who's listening that actually knows what they're talking about is like this guy's an idiot but um then as far as pedals um i ran into a keely caverns that's a reverb and delay pedal um it's like a spring reverb tank and um, an analog tape echo delay and then into 
It, well, that wasn't first. So first was the Dirty Little Secret. I think that's Catlin Bread. It might be EQD. No, it's Catlin Bread. Uh, it's basically a Marshall in a box. So a Marshall amp simulator into a, a Fender Spring Reverb Tank simulator into an Echoplex simulator into a chorus um, and then into just a crappy little tube amp that I have. Um, it's like, it sounds good. It was cheap. It's a no name brand. Like it's not one of those ones that'll cost you a million bucks, but it's like, like I literally, uh, I got it for super cheap back in the day, but it sounds really crisp. Um, and it's super good for like bedroom stuff. And then for the final one, I will probably just nut up and, and run the twin. I hate running the twin in my house because a twin reverb is 40 watts of tube and it's a mess whenever you live in like a little place like I do. It'll like rattle the walls, but it sounds so good. And for the final product, um, I want to make sure that I get it as, as good as possible. For the final product, I'm also considering having um, I have some friends who are a little bit better at this whole like mixing and mastering and um, production engineering thing um, than I am, who I, I'm probably going to take the guitar track to and, and get them to look it over just so that it's as clean as possible for the final. Just because, like I said, I'm a guitarist. I'm not I'm not a mixing and mastering and producing engineer. But yeah, I think that really covers. Oh, I mean, it was it was sure SM57, the industry standard. Whenever I record it again, I may run an SM57 and dual mic it with like a ribbon mic. Um, if I can borrow somebody else's that has one, because I do not own a ribbon mic, but they are super nice. And when you can mix, when you can blend both of the signals, it makes it a really smooth sound that. It gives it a body that you can't get from just one microphone. It's like two voices singing in harmony. Whenever you have two voices, even if it's two voices singing the exact same note, it sounds fuller than if it was one voice singing the note. Because one voice singing the note is hitting the right pitch, but the tone is different. And the, the, the timbre is different. And timbre is like a part of tone. But I don't know. Yeah, I think that covers all the gear specs. As far as chords, just a... B minor seven, a D major seven, a G major seven, and an A seven. Some of them were add nines, some of them weren't. It's just a it's it's a finger picking roll on on like a, a an open D string, and then you do different bass notes, and then with with on the on the low E string, sort of move it around, add in the 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 the. I don't even know what to call them. Just little hammer-ons and pull-offs, I guess. Little frolics on the top. But it's the the intro and the the end are different. It's it's the same chords, same, but but a different vibe. It's a little bit more ambient, a little bit uh, more spaced out because that's whenever he's waking up, and then that's the end of the day. So it's supposed to it's supposed to feel pretty symmetrical. It's it's supposed to be sort of out there it brings it in starts to build up builds it up and then sort of brings it back out there and, and leads back into the next day like i said uh, yeah symmetrical i guess again thank you for being as technical as you were i mean i love i mean i i can't play the damn guitar and i certainly can't record music but i think that'd be really helpful for those 
you know, who know the technical specifications and the equipment you're using, they probably geeked out a little bit there. And, and that, that's why I asked that question. Well, I'm, I'm glad to be of assistance for the other uh, nerds out there. And if you want lessons, I can totally teach you the ethical. <laughs> I might have to take you up on that, too. So thank you to, you know, I know you as Nathan. I, I, I knew you at first as Nathan. And I guess you became Dale over the course of the time that I knew you. So I'm, I'm just going to call you Nathan. Right? Thank you so much, Nathan, uh, for being a guest on this week's episode. You gave us so much valuable insight. And uh, I'm looking forward to having you back, you know, when the final episode is done or when the final, the draft of the song is done and uh, we, we can keep taking it from there. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. It was, it was a blast. Sorry if I rambled a little bit and got a little bit too much into the technical jargon, but I really appreciate you, Dunks. Thanks again for the opportunity, man. It's really a blast, and I look forward to doing it again, both with the song, like the soundtrack for the short film and for the podcasting. And Niatva, man, I love you, dude. Love you too, man. Love you too, Dunk. Nah, I know, I, know, I know you weren't like trying to slide me with that. I wanted to say that. Thank you. Are you kidding me? Like, thank me for for thank you for letting me use your fucking music, your great fucking music on my movie. And I've already tried. I I told him that I'm trying to write another one for. He sent me something else. So a little little sneak peek for the audience. Dale already sent me another clip that I was like, all right, I need to write something now, and we're gonna put some words to that motherfucker. So stay tuned for that, folks. Oh yeah, that's gonna that one's gonna be fun, and then we'll and we'll bring the Atfa in for the podcast. Like Atfa will be here for the podcast, and it'll we'll be we'll be running this back. This this is the first rodeo, but it won't be the last. Know that. Oh yeah. So that wraps up this week's episode. Thanks to our listeners for making it this far. We really appreciate our returning listeners as well as our our new listeners, and we hope that you had a great time thus far, and and you'll continue to stick around. Remember. On Tuesday, we have our Marvel Podcasting Universe series. This week, we'll be exploring Iron Man. On Wednesday, we'll be going through Mystery Men with a special guest. On Friday, we have an interview with artist Steve Chorney. Wednesday is a bonus episode, and Friday is a full episode. And uh, if you guys haven't checked any of the any of the older episodes yet, if this is your first listen, I would say... Um, I definitely have to go back and re-listen to the uh, the Goodwill Hunting with no comment with Nadi Khan. He's the man. That's a it's a funny dude right there. I'm sure that episode is full of laughs. And I mean, even the, even the older content. Go if you haven't listened to anything yet, go back and listen to Saw One. That's the start of it all right there. That's a that's a good episode. Everything Gardner said in my head, but <laughs> everything he says goes over my head. But he knows his movies, man. These guys, these guys know what's up when it comes to cinema. But uh, yeah, I guess that's my two cents. Yeah, thanks for the plug, Nathan. And while you're waiting for these episodes to drop, like Nathan said, go ahead and be sure to check out the whole back catalog. There's some gold in there from interviews with filmmakers in all different aspects of cinema from a million different countries at this point. Australia, you know, Canada, I think the U.S. is like primarily, though. And uh, be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Good Day to Pod and Facebook at GDT Podcast. Also, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to 
the podcast. Remember, you can always find us by searching letters G, D, T, anywhere podcasts are available. That's the end of the show. This is it for me for the week. Like I said earlier, it was a pleasure, and I'm really happy I got to see y'all. I'm looking forward to next week. Thanks for having me. Again, I appreciate Dunks um, for giving me this opportunity. I appreciate Nyatva for being here, for arbitrating this whole shindig. And um, thanks for anybody that is listening that's uh, giving interest at home, man. Y'all are the reason we do this. Hell yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you again tomorrow.